Welcome. I'm Tom with Viral Solutions, and here we're going to talk about something basic to everyone's uh, faith as a business, and specifically a church online community, and how to make the most of that online community. Now, um, the times we're in, as of this video, is in and out of lockdown and restrictions and social distancing and all that good stuff. And your church online community has moved from nice to have and important to really critically important uh, to the vitality of your church. And as a pastor or a leader of your church, you've likely discovered the key to reaching your current congregation is through your church online community as the whole ancient concept of home-based church uh, can go online. Okay? Um, many of you have also found that your church online community has probably grown quite a bit during this social distancing time. And through research, we've seen this engagement spike. Uh, it's directly attributed to a lot of our church clients' ability to pivot and leverage their online presence real quickly. Those that uh, didn't uh, skipped a beat, struggled, um, had to enter into uh, times of deep prayer to uh, figure out how we're going to manage this situation. But when you have a strong online church community and presence, it feels like you're turning around a kayak rather than the Titanic um, in a storm. And... It feels like such a major switch in direction. But we know you can do this, and we'd be happy to help you with it. So a strong online presence makes it easier to go where the fish are. And that's your goal, right? Cast out the nets, bring in the fish, uh, teach them how to fish, provide loaves of bread, be fishers of men. That's our goal. So, I would think you're convinced that there needs to be somewhat of a ramp up of your church online community and presence, but some of you, uh, what we can tell from the questions we get and see, uh, not sure where to start. That's okay. You don't need to feel overwhelmed, because we've got some... And four uh, questions to help you get started. Because um, it's time to ramp up that church online community. And these are the questions that uh, you should be asking of others to help you or asking of your team or yourself. So a lot of questions we get are like this. What platform's best for church needs? Whew, um, there's, there's dozens. The key, though, is making sure that your fundamental platforms, such as your ability to collect a donation, 
your database that might track um, your donor's giving for reporting reasons or um, the way you categorize uh, giving by cause. Uh, it's really important that those speak to each other and integrate. Otherwise, you can get some what we call multi-system chaos. Not good. Um, so how do you pick one? Do you just pick it and run with it? Or should you try to spread yourself across a bunch of platforms because you talk to other churches and see how they do things and you kind of find these little tools that they prefer that are scattered all over the place and you take advice from all kinds of other people? Well, that really depends on how much time you have, how many people you have uh, to run these platforms, how much of it needs to be uh, automated. You know, thousands and thousands of base donors with only three or four employees. Or do you have just you and you need this thing to take care of itself? Or do you have thousands of donors and you've got dozens of people that are truly part of the donor development team. That's part of your decisions because the sustainable growth of any church, any nonprofit, any business tends to pivot around a lot of this. So the clear winner, though, is, and I'm sure you've all, all there, is Facebook. And not only can you post really nice long messages and pictures and videos but the facebook live feature is perfect for streaming church services and messages not to mention seven out of ten adults use facebook now the real pro churches here they use other software that broadcasts live even though it might be pre-recorded to facebook to YouTube, to Twitter, to Periscope, and a dozen other platforms all at the same time. Okay? So Facebook might be the hub and center of that, but you can do more. Your church needs a Facebook page rather than an individual, say the church leader, pastor, rabbi, whatever it is. The church as a unit needs a page, and Facebook calls that a business page. And then adding things like Instagram or Snapchat to the top of that social media presence as well is really beneficial, especially to target um, younger people. So you need to understand what your demographics are as a donor base and what the demographics are of these platforms. And then that's how you make that match up. All right. So how are you going to keep your members engaged? Uh, that might be another question that you're asking. It's a question that we get a lot. Well, managing a social media presence is not as easy as it sounds, and it can be very labor-intensive. So you need to consider how often you're going to post and man because you're fighting an algorithm that these social media platforms have out there. When you post organically, you don't put funding behind it, which is a whole other story for a church, but just hear me out. This is called an organic post. And Facebook and Instagram and all these people are only going to show a tiny fraction, a couple of percentage points at best, 
of your audience, that organic post, unless you put money behind it to push that out there. And the more that you post, the more narrow that audience viewership gets. And the less your people engage with your content in a social post, the less likely they are to be shown it, let alone see it, go sneak it. Because very few people actually go to your page to look at it. They tend to just scroll through the news. And what shows up in the news is impacted by their engagement and these algorithms. So the number of times you post uh, has a lot to do with the number of followers and friends and connections that you have. If you have a significant number of Facebook followers, 10,000, 100,000, aim to post a couple of times a day. If you only have a couple thousand or less, once or twice, uh, is good enough. Anything more than that, you're fighting the odds, okay? You should post several times a day on Twitter no matter what because Twitter's different. It operates kind of like, well, a ticker tape, okay? You know, it goes, posts up and gets buried and gets lost. And so that's, that's, that's uh, uh, more often. And Instagram tends to really stick because... Those are like visual boards uh, that are out there that you might have in your foyer, entryway, or narthex. It's not enough to just post three times a day, though. You should have a goal for each social media platform that you use, and you should monitor these channels for feedback and use various tools uh, to analyze how people are engaging with the content on your page. If you find that intimidating, consider contacting us for a free consultation or an audit of your social media, and we can give you uh, views and opinions of our decades of experience in, in marketing. And we'll discuss how to make the most of your online community just from a 30,000-foot view and uh, a few thoughts here. So how are you going to monitor these issues within the community and address any questions or concerns? Now comes the hard part, how to monitor the issues that arise within your church online community. As you know, when a community develops, um, disagreements uh, can arise, even, even in the house of the Lord. Um, Scripture references, uh, uh, views. Uh, everybody wants to point out a different view. So uh, just because we're in the house of the Lord doesn't mean everybody agrees. And you shouldn't deter people from doing that within a church community or creating their own sub-community of your church. So here's some guidelines Um that uh, you can take into place. And this is a pretty good list of do's and don'ts for a church online community uh, in our many, many years of experience. Make sure you do have a dedicated uh, monitor of your social media presence. Somebody who um, creates conversation, answers questions, uh, tries to keep a conversation going. 
do also take advantage of social media management tools like Buffer or Hootsuite or Meet Edgar. These can do some automated postings and and you can monitor several pages from uh, within these rather than being in and out of the pages. Uh, if I'm in Hootsuite, I can manage conversation and postings in Facebook and Twitter at the same time. Do respond to every uh, engagement where possible and as your people uh, can. Uh, when people comment on your post, uh, they're expecting to be engaged with. Uh, they like to do that, especially the younger generation, rather than call you, write you, fill out web forms. So web chat and social media is the place where a lot of communication from your donors comes from. So that needs to be staffed. Um, when you run into situations where people are disagreeing with your sermon, uh, your thought process, the uh, maybe a change in service time or how you're streaming or at others within your community, just relax. And just like you would uh, if they were out in the foyer after a service debating something, just let them talk it out and monitor it, okay? Um, your real followers will will come in and help kind of cool that situation. But don't ignore questions or feedback that whether it's positive or negative or inquisitive. Um, people are trying to watch you from afar and see what you are as a church body and whether you resonate with them. And they tend to get a lot of that from your social media pages. Don't allow your pages to be spammed. So as you grow and you build this audience and you create a really good following, this is when in people will come in and try and spam your page for their own attention. They'll try to draw people out for their own use. They may even mimic your page and try to make um, a copy of it so that they can either hold your church hostage. Yes, we have had this happen. Um, so there's remedies for that. We know how to fix them, and Facebook can also help you with that, and so can all the other platforms. So the big thing here is to never forget why you're there in the first place. It's it's really you got to put yourself in this physical offline world and this online world. It's all people, and it's all dealing with people and associating with people. These social media platforms are essentially marketing tools for your church. And often they're the first point of contact between your church and new members. This is the new world of, especially in social distancing, they may church from home. They may become members from home through your social community. So choose to make your, your page real inspiring and helpful beyond anything your followers would ever expect. Um, go above and beyond for them. We think of social media as a way to socially 
serve others. And that's really critical, especially in the times where today. This is uh, July in 2020. But keep this in mind. If you've used social media to engage with people during social distancing, don't stop with your church as it has reopened. People will still look for your online. They've gotten used to this, and they like it. And you know how it is. They all tend to sit in the back pews, and they tend to sit by their friends, and people feel like they're being judged or they're not as um, attuned or with with the word. Um, and this social distancing thing and this online streaming and stuff has enabled those people who worship from afar or in their home or out for a walk. This is this is a new world for a church. And to be frank, we as the church body have been wanting people to come to us for a long time. We just thought they'd walk through the door. Okay? Well, they did. They just did it virtually. So make sure we understand the significant difference between these environments. People want to join these online communities. They're vibrant. Uh, they're encouraging. They're engaging. Uh, they uh, feel inspired. Uh, followers uh, can really help other individuals uh, from afar. And you'll see your numbers increase over time, especially if you can maintain that type of environment. So use these social platforms and not necessarily push your word and views and sermons upon them, but to open up um, the community to conversation. Similar to how uh, in the church for many decades, the difference between I'm, I'm standing in the pulpit and I'm delivering my sermon and here we go. Okay, You're all just listening. The uh, social media world for a church is different. It's more like, hey, on Wednesday night we used to gather for Bible study and maybe we had one on people living alone and we had a group on people divorced or uh, single parents. Hey, think of it that way. You got this virtual community rather than being in one of the uh, Sunday school classrooms. Uh, here we are. We can create community conversation this way. And that's what people want. So another question we get a lot then moving on is how will you measure growth or activity of your social media page? Well, there's three major metrics you should be tracking. Now, I know that there's a lot of churches out there that view all of this marketing and everything as this isn't the place for a church to do this. It's self-promotion. Well, I'm telling you, the really uh, great churches that are up 60 and 70% over last year, and we have them, this is what they're doing. And you've been wanting that for a long time. It's here. So you got to rethink some of these views. Just an opinion. So you should be tracking on social media um, your follower growth. Has your page grown? How many 
people are liking or engaging with you on a weekly, monthly, quarterly basis and do comparisons. And Facebook's business pages, which your church should have, has ways of showing that to you. Figure that it'll also tell you the optimal times for engagement. And this is something you should always be aware of and know because that's when you should be posting. Now, granted, you can manipulate that number, date, time, whatever, day of the week, based upon when you post. So change it up until you find out truly when your followers tend to engage the most. And that'll depend upon your specific demographic. Likes, reactions to posts, what types of posts are getting more reactions from your followers. Um, You should never water down your message or change who uh, you're fundamentally trying to reach, but you should definitely know the types of posts that get the best engagement and do more of it. Hey, it's easy to track these, like I said, through Facebook's analytics and all the other tools have similar analytics. Uh, Hootsuite and Buffer uh, also have their own analytics if you use those. And so you should have somebody that's monitoring this, engaging this, and scheduling and analyzing your social media accounts. This is just as important as your ushers that after the sermon starts, they start taking a head count uh, every time we have a service. This is just as important. So let's talk about what, I mean, what's our conclusion here? Well, as you can tell, running your your church's online community can become a full-time job for someone in your congregation. It might be paid, might be volunteer. That's up to your board. If your church's reach is large enough, you might need a whole team to monitor this, to help you with it, and to be an objective team that can truly make a difference. That's a really good problem to have. And a lot of the uh, great churches online are doing this. And I'm not talking about the 1,000, 10,000 seat church stadiums. I'm talking about people who might have a few hundred people in a service when we didn't have social distancing. That was a big deal to them to have 200 people. And they'll have thousands and thousands doing the streaming. We've got clients that are churches that have been doing this whole streaming online uh, social community. And they're at least, at least 10 times more successful online than they are in-house. Think about that. That, that that should be part of our conclusion here is to open up the mind and take a look at where we're at. This is what we've all wanted for a long time. So you should also consider allowing a team of professionals to help you get started and to monitor this. Okay, Hire smart people that know what they're doing, that have the experience in their industry, and let them go to work for you. And they can give you one-on-one advice and coaching and even do it for you and help you set up this whole online tithing and 
uh, training of your people on platforms, you know, e either end of that, how you collect all of that, make all of this come together so that everything feels like a cohesive experience and community the way you've always wanted it. So we uh, invite you into our community and discussion, and we thank you for coming here and observing and listening and participating in this discussion. And we hope uh, this was really, really uh, helpful to you. If you've got any questions for your church when it comes to marketing your uh, church, um, digital tools, messaging, from sermons to video scripts to uh, online content uh, to uh, what to say in a post, that type of messaging or any other types of platforms or uh, software preferences, uh, CRM databases, uh, whatever you need, we have a lot of experience there and that's really important for your church. Now, We've also got a great program that you should look into, and it's called Double Your Donors. And we've done this many, many, many times. So check that program out. It's very personalized and built around you, and it uses our years of experience all through social media engagement, but getting people to come to the word and the faith. Double your donors. Look for it. Tom with ViralSolutions.net, 888-816-1222, all over social media. If this sounds like something that's beneficial to you and you like what we talked about here, let's be in touch and let's have a conversation and see how we can double your donors. Thank you very much. And thank you for serving your congregational members and helping them with their life struggles. Make it a great day.